Hello All Beer Inside listeners, we here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes, while we'll we be catching up on the backlog. This is the audio from episode 40 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on August 28, 2020. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. We are back at the brewery, finally, after all this time. However you can see, we are social distancing because we are respecting the COVID-19 pandemic, and we want to remain safe while enjoying some beverages. Joining me today is Ian from Whippersnapper Brewing. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for uh, letting us interview you today. I really appreciate this. Not at all. Thanks for coming. Uh, So uh, you brought some tasty drinks out. I did. uh, But you brought something else out. What's what's this other thing you brought out? The initial curveball is that uh, we do a little bit of new... newfangled what we call soda <laughs> not the old-fashioned stuff the uh, newfangled um, so it's non-alcoholic it's a root beer we use cane sugar sassafras sarsaparilla and oats and uh, it's just all natural all really nice and tasty and uh, gives a option for some of our uh, other customers that don't necessarily want to always drink beer so awesome yeah. uh, long distance toast Bing. It's got a nice little spiciness, a little, yeah. it's nice and mellow. It's not overly syrupy or anything like that. There's no adjuncts, no extracts. Yeah, there's, there's, not, there's not the overpowering molasses mm-hmm, uh, that mm-hmm. you get in most root beers. Yeah, it's very clean. All natural ingredients, you said? No uh, preservatives, I'm guessing? No, no, nothing like that. No. Yeah, so we just keep it, cl- yeah. keep it clean, keep it simple. It's very tasty, and it's kind of like pushing away from, a, you know, it's still got the name beer there, but yeah. you know, it allows you to guess have kids on the patio yeah too, absolutely to, so yeah the kids come around we started making this about six eight months ago and uh one of the one of our regulars brings his kids around all the time too and he was so happy when we had the root beer because he's a big root beer fan so he was able to have a glass of beer with his dad at the bar <laughs> and it was the best thing that he was really happy about that so yeah. it's pretty cool we do ginger ale now too and uh, we're yeah. plus without the molasses it actually looks like a beer so yeah yeah it's true too awesome. yeah yeah absolutely. uh so what's what's your beer story what 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 brought you to beer? Well, you might have already heard yeah. uh, a couple minutes ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like to drink beer, so that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to get into it. Uh, I, I, I always wanted to get into business, too, and I thought this was a good way of sort of bridging those two. And uh, started up six years ago, but obviously been brewing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, we just got going. Awesome. Uh, so you also brought us out some tasty actual alcoholic beers yes, to try. Yes, actual alcohol. Uh, so what's the first one I'm trying uh, at this time? Right, so the first one is our Root of Evil. It's our light lager. Uh, it has evolved over time quite a bit. Uh, it started off as a little bit of a smoky thing. Again, so pre-prohibition lager goes back to prohibition days or a little bit before that, how beer was brewed then, all local ingredients, but nice, light, and easy drinking. Awesome. Now, I saw in the can 4.5%. That's, yeah, that's so it's it's one of those easy crushable beers. Mm-hmm. Super clean, super light. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We used to make it with smoke malts, which really threw off the balance of flavors. We've, it's, I think I've probably brewed about 40 different recipes of this over the years. So <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make it uh, really per- quaffable. Yeah. Trying mm-hmm. to make uh, evil perfect in a sense. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, alcohol was known as the root of evil mm-hmm. back in the day. So that's why we called it the root of evil. Yeah, just like a lot of things were evil back uh, then, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and more things continue to be evil now. Yes. That's the way it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
uh, getting to the root of evil with this quite delicious tasting lager is mm. very nice. Thanks. Um, you know, super crushable, very easy to drink after a long day or playing sports with the guys. I yep. Probably, I could probably have a bunch of these until I just like pass out on the couch <laughs> watching baseball, like actual real sports. Yeah, that's that's actually one thing that we. Um, first started off with it was our philosophy of earn your beer because mm-hmm. uh, if I did not earn my beer in terms of you know exercising or uh, working hard I would be a pretty big boy with the amount that I drink so uh, we do we we like to go on bike rides I, I do a lot of mountain bike riding me and my wife go uh, biking we did a 70k bike ride last weekend so which isn't much to a lot of people but it's still getting to be a lot for us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we always end up here and last Sunday we ended up here in a and by the time we got here, it was pouring rain, and we were absolutely bonked out. Um, and so afterwards, we had a beer or two, and then we're like, well, we can call the kids and come get us. Or, hey, we've got a delivery van. We'll just load the, load the bikes up on that and drive it home. So that was, uh, that was the end of our day there. So Fantastic. That's good, yeah. That sounds great. Uh, what are some roadblocks and difficulties you ran into creating uh, Snapper? Yeah, um, so uh, I'm sure like everybody else, we had government issues. It's it's a big, scary sort of thing to jump into. Um, so the amount of time it takes to get your approvals, you actually can't even apply for it until you have all your equipment in your space. So renting out the space and getting equipment in is, is a big sort of task. Um, and a little bit scary when you're out laying all this money and signing, you know, contracts and things like that without knowing if you're actually going to get the license in the end. Um, and that's only the Fed's license because then after that it's a provincial license, and then you have your front house license, all sorts of different things. So we went and bought our little baby system. So it's a 150 liter Blickman system, uh, the Cadillac of little homebrew systems, basically. Uh, got that in place, put in some blue barrels as as fermenters and apply for the license and they were able to come in and, and check it out, but it still took four months. Yeah. So that we were able to do that while the rest of our equipment was being built and, and being shipped over. So that saved us probably, I don't know, cause we didn't get that set up for another six months after that. So I can't imagine, you know, some places that are waiting six, eight, 12 months before they open. It's crazy. And, and I'm finding, uh, especially in Ontario, um, Quebec as well, uh, the craft beer expansion is so rapidly evolving in the last yeah. two, three years. It's, it's crazy, and uh, I, I read online that Ontario, the Ontario government has a kind of a guidebook of here's how to create your own craft brewery. Yeah, and, so. like, yeah, and, and like I said, I, I don't think we've seen that guidebook. Yeah. Uh, it didn't exist yeah. back, back when we opened up. Uh, and yeah, it has really exploded in the last couple of years. So when we started, there was maybe two or three in town, uh, and then there was three of us, three or four of us that started around the same time. So us, Bicycle Craft, Dominion City, and I think, um, was it Broken Stick they opened up to? And Cover Bridge had opened the year before us. Um, so yeah, it's it sort of, that was another sort of lump going from three to about 10 in the area. And then in the last two, three years, it seems like every pocket of town has its own brewery, but which is the way it used to be. Right, every little pocket of town used to have its own brewery, um, and we've gotten away from that over the years because of all the entire, you know, provincial bylaws and things like that. So it's been nice that some of these laws have been relaxed, so we can deliver to the home. We can have people sit here and enjoy beers, and and because it's something that I don't know if you how much you've traveled the U.S., but uh, much. it's it it's crazy down there. You can go to a little brewery in the middle of an industrial park on a Tuesday afternoon, and it's jammed. So the, yeah. the social aspect is huge for beer down south. 
and just being able to relax and enjoy a beer. And everybody thinks about American beer as, as being Budweiser and all that crap, but it's absolutely not. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's absolutely not. That. Yeah. So I think we're we're probably about eight ten years behind the U.S. in terms of consumption and knowledge. Yeah, yeah I know in Plattsburgh, which is pretty close to where myself and, and my videographer Phil, we we live in Montreal. It's about an hour, and in Plattsburgh alone, well, first yeah. of all, it's shopping capital of of Quebec uh, <laughs> in America, but there's four breweries there. Uh, one's in an old military barracks, which they turned into an Airbnb and, and brew, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. And then there's one, literally a hop, skip, and a jump, and it's a little fire station. Yeah. And it's like, this oh, is man. awesome. So, Upstate New York has got the best stuff yeah. because it used to be a huge industrial area. So they have all these gorgeous old brick buildings, mm-hmm. and they're basically giving it away. <laughs> like, the, because there's no other business being started in Upstate no. New York. Nothing. But breweries are just exploding, and they're basically being given these places, gorgeous, gorgeous places for almost nothing. And, yeah, I'm very jealous. Like, we had a hard time finding this space in an industrial park and yeah. things like that. And it's it's not sexy from the outside, but, you know, it's kind of comfortable and, and cozy inside. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to work to make it that way, but, yeah. 100% for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Whippersnapper, where'd you come up with that? Especially. Yep. Kind of more unique spelling than you're missing a couple of uh, vowels there. So. A couple of vowels, a couple of consonants, <laughs> but it, uh, it's still phonetically correct. Uh, it's something my grandpa called me when I was growing up. So, it's, you know, whippersnappers, a little punk running around getting into trouble. So um, we like to brew up trouble and fun here. So you can see our logo is a little yep. bit, you know, misspelled, but uh, we've got the slingshot in the back pocket, kind of the Dennis the Menace, Bart Simpson type of uh, thing. And yeah, it's, it's just fun. Awesome. We like to have fun with what we're doing. Uh, what's beer number two I'm going to be trying here? All right. So beer number two is another one of the ones we did. I, I brewed as a homebrew thing. Actually, my wife came up with the idea of doing ginger. And uh, and then I, I wanted to sort of expand on that. I had spent a lot of time in Malaysia uh, for work. And it, this one's called Okela, which is very Malaysian slang for just, yeah, sure, type of thing. Wow. They, they say it at the end of every sentence. But it's got ginger, coriander, a little bit of lemon. Um, and a little bit of honey malt in it too, just to uh, emulate some of the curry dishes that we had there. Get all of the ginger on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very uniquely us, and a lot of people, whenever they come in and they have flights, they almost everybody tries that. It's very heavy on the nose, but it's not on the palate, which mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think if it were more on the palate, it'd probably be a little, personally for myself, a little overpowering. Yep. Uh, I'm a current, like like most of the rest of the craft beer world, I'm in my New England IPA phase right now. Oh, okay. But I do enjoy, you know, yep. uh, like the Black is Beautiful that came out with Weathered Souls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, I've enjoyed a couple of their sets, but, you know, oh, this one's more coffee. Oh, this one's chocolate. I like right. this one more. So. Right. It's funny. Our, we don't do too many stouts, but our primary stout is called Risque. And uh, I actually made it as a Valentine's Day beer. Uh, trying to think of something to get my wife for Valentine's Day at one point. It's like, ooh, I've got a great idea for a beer. <laughs> Middle of the night, it's like dark chocolate, black cherry, vanilla, and espresso. Um, so it's really, really decadent, super expensive to make, but really tasty. So, yeah. uh, Names and labels are fairly unique. You know, Risque, mm-hmm. Asian Orange, Inukshuk, uh, FNL. Where, do, where did that creativity come from? Yeah, so I, I enjoy the creative process more than just churning things out. Um, I didn't get into this business to just manufacture. I wanted to, you know, really push boundaries of, of being creative. Um, so last year we did a whole thing called the Unfiltered Project where we released a brand spanking new beer every single week. 
uh, brand new label, brand new beer, canned, everything. Um, and we usually got between 12 and 14 cases of, of beer. And, and of course, last year we were able to have a keg to go with it to serve front of house, yeah. right? So we'd have a keg plus the, the, the cans to take home. And they're all, you know, really t well successful. Um, people liked it. It's fun. It's fun for me too, because I do the designs for most of the labels too. I'd say about 98% uh, is what I do and uh, come up with the concepts of beers. We collaborate with a lot of different people on the, on the beers themselves too. So we've done, uh, we did a beer last year called uh, Queer's Corners and uh, it was, we, we posted drag shows here at okay. the, at the okay. place. And so um, we, we uh, donated some of the proceeds to the local LB, LGBTQ. Yeah, I always have a hard time with that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah so, and, and yeah, it's been fun. Been fun to do a lot of these things. And the naming is just part of the process too, right? So I, every single beer's got a, a concept, a story behind it, and obviously the beer to sort of go with it. Um, so it, it's all part and parcel to the process. Sometimes, you know, you have a, an ingredient that you want to use. Sometimes you have a concept of what you want to do. Like uh, last year we did the back to school one. And this year we're going to do the back to school again, but it's going to be a completely different sort of thing. It's going right? to be after labor. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be uh, back to school with a bunch of question marks. <laughs> like a Zoom video in the corner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Released on Zoom. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so you mentioned you've done collabs uh, as, for example, at the drag show, but mm -hmm. have you ever uh, brew, uh, done a brewery collab? I don't, I don't recall that we have, and I could be lying about that or not remembering trying to look back here. No, we haven't really done too many things like that. We've done collabs with different local businesses, um, like um, coffee places. Mm -hmm. I'm a big coffee guy, so uh, our Risque Stout is done with Equator Coffee. We did a big coffee IPA at one point that uh, collabed with another place. A lot of local restaurants, we've done different batches for them just to have fun. We bring them in and brew with them. And, uh, but I haven't done anything with lo other local breweries, to be honest. Would you? Is there anybody in yeah, the pipeline? Yeah, no, absolutely. That We've talked about it with Kitchissippi, and um, and now that conspiracy theory is moving in nearby, uh, would be good to do a Bell's Corner sort of beer. Would be kind of fun, uh, and I'm completely open to doing it. But uh, you know, having the full time day job like yeah. you, and then having to do this on evenings and weekends, it's it's sometimes hard to get out and and chat with the other brewers. Just like the other brewers are all busy as heck too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, um, our first ever interview from La Brasse Brewing, uh, Troy. He's uh, full time in tech as well. He's mm -hmm. in tele uh, telecommunications or something. And yep. He's just like, yeah, I can't wait to. Like, I do this hundred percent, but yeah, he yeah. realizes it's you know I have to work a full time job for my podcasting habit. So well, exactly right. I, I I call it a really expensive hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I I still get to do my hobby and have fun and hopefully build something. Um, you know, I have people that uh, work for me that uh, are doing great with what they do and are very helpful. So I don't have to do everything all the time anymore, which is great. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun to do, and absolutely, as I get closer to you know getting rid of all the kids and uh, having less costs and things like that. But you know, I'd have to sell so much beer to make up for that salary. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. And there's what 40 crapperies in town now. And we're not a huge one. We're not one of the ones that uh, have, you know, a pile of salespeople pounding the pavement mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's not just the local ones. There's guys from Toronto that are coming up and selling here too, right? So there's just so many taps, and we're, we're waiting for all the craft demand to hit the taps at the restaurants. Um, but what's really nice is that we can do the local deliveries now so that anybody in town wants it, they can 
order it and we'll come out and deliver it to them. Because that's, that's been something that in the past, we go and do an event out in Orleans or something like that. And they're like, okay, well, I love this beer. Where can I get it? You can't. You have to come out to the brewery, which is like a 45-minute drive. Now we drive to them. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're great. <laughs> uh, do you, with the, with the, I know Ontario. I don't know about other provinces. I'm probably the Maritimes, but definitely not Quebec where I'm from. Uh, during the first stages of COVID, you mm-hmm. guys were allowed to deliver yep. to people's houses. Yeah. Do you find that helped at all? Oh, like, it was massive, yeah. massive help. Um, we had actually set up to do online deliveries or orders uh, the year before. So we were actually in good shape when COVID hit, um, that our online shop was open and ready to go. We just adapted and said, all right, well, we'll start delivering to the home. We deliver all over the city to do licensees, LCBOs. And so what's the difference to deliver mm-hmm. to somebody's house? We don't have to give away money to the government <laughs> when we deliver to the to that person's house, right? As opposed to the LCBO. So yeah, we started doing that. Um, you know, just probably like everybody else, we shut down brewing mm-hmm. um, back in March when things, cause we were like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sell another beer. Yeah, when everything really hit the fan. Yeah, and yeah. then, so luckily we had a little bit of a stockpile and, but yeah, April was nuts. We went through everything we had. So halfway through April, it's like, shit, I better start brewing. <laughs> I know uh, a few brewers I still speak with back home, uh, they went exclusively to cans. Yeah. And they're like, now we can't keep up. I'm like, wait, yeah. this makes no sense to me because when you had your tap room open, which you said was your main source of income at one yeah. point, and now you can't keep up with can demand. He's like, yeah, everybody's just drinking at home now. That's right. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, because I guess... Uh, they can't, can't go to restaurants, so... Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who said it, but they're like, pandemic drinking is like airport drinking. 5 a.m., crack open it's a so beer. good yeah so. <laughs> anytime is good yeah no it's it's been different and uh, the biggest problem with it is that it costs us a lot more right so you have people come to the front of the house it doesn't cost us anything extra to pour from a tap mm-hmm. but when you have every single ounce of beer going into a can so that means it has to be canned it has to be stickered or maybe it's been wrapped or you got to print your fancy guy and you got to mm-hmm. print uh, and then it has to go into a box it has to go into a van you have to pay the guy to drive it around and you pay for gas and things like that you gotta have a truck so your margins are much smaller but you know with the additional volume it was it was making sense and we had no other options yeah. you got to survive so we did what we had to do and we were very happy about doing it and we're not going to change we're going to keep her going yeah plus delivering happiness to uh Oh man, it is it is the best thing to. <laughs> when, most of the time, you know, you drop it off the door and knock, and then because you want to keep distance, yes. but you see some people at the window and they're like waving, they're all happy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, beer guy. That's that's been my Uber Eats back home. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, oh, he's almost here. Yeah. Oh, he knocked on the door. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, sure. What's the third beer I'm going to be trying? So the third beer is another one of our originals. This is our Nookshuk, our Canadian IPA. Uh, we brew it with uh, local hops from uh, a farmer out in Richmond, Cascade and Chinook. Uh, pretty West Coasty style. So you mentioned that you're into the into the Nipahs and things like yeah. that. I love the Nipahs. I'm actually going back towards the West Coast. Uh, today, what I'm brewing is a brand spanking new West Coast um, called Cruise, and it's going to be a big 7.4 percent, 60, 70 IBUs. Uh, I spent a lot of time in California, and I love to make <laughs> West Coast IPAs. Mm. I love me some Nipahs too, but yeah. the the hot burn on some of them, you can only have so much of it. Yes. And with these, they're so crisp, they're so clean. They got that bit of bitterness to it that makes you want to go back for another one and another one and another one. So, yeah. um, is it like five percent or so? Five and a half. Okay. Yeah. Five and a half, about fifty-five yeah, I'm not, IBUs. You're not getting like the overpowering booziness of, yep. of a high yeah. alcohol percentage West Coast. Yeah. yeah, most of our beers that we brew, at least our common beers are between four and a half and five or five and a half because mm-hmm. like i said i like to drink a lot so uh 
didn't sound right, but <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink beers. <laughs> but if they're all it's like job, eight, nine, ten percent beers, exactly, it's called quality control. Uh, if they're all eight, nine, ten percent, I'd be fucking walking sideways yeah. half the time. Sorry, I have to beat that up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so we make most of our beers four and a half to five and a half. It allows people to come out, hang out, have a couple beers, and go home without walking sideways. Yeah. Right. So you I've, have to be safe about I it. I did that a couple of weeks ago. Is one of our local breweries. They did a double IPA day. Yeah. And I had three of them, and I'm like, I'm gonna fall asleep on oh, my yeah. floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, all eight. All eight to ten percent beers. I'm right. I'm finished. Yeah. Correct. And yeah, yeah. I'm 41 years old. I can't drink as much as I could no. until 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. This is very clean. I, I like this. It's not not over overly bitter. Mm-hmm. So. And it's another one that's evolved over time. Like it used to be far maltier, mm-hmm. um, and we've really cleaned it cleaned it up. Um, really focused on the piney aspects of it because it's a, it's supposed to be about um, it's called the Anoshuk. It's based off a um, little milestone in the forest back behind my house okay. where I do a lot of biking or dog walking and things like that. So that's what it's based on there. Yeah. Very so it's based about being outside and supposed to be piney, you know, foresty smelling. Because I know I'd early on of, uh, of you guys opening, I know I was here to, I was just driving through Ottawa picking up cans from all the breweries mm-hmm. one day and you know, I didn't really have a chance to try any because I'm driving. And yeah. You want to obviously drink responsibly when you're driving. It's 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 no question about that. So I only got home after, and then I kind of did a flight of your beers. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I was really the Inukshuk was like one of my favorite beers at nice. that time. So nice, cool, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that I you know, we got a kegerator at home, and it's one of those ones that I can drink with everything. Yeah. Like if it's the middle of the afternoon, you got nothing going on, I can have that. You're having Indian food, you're having pizza, it works with just about everything. And again, five and a half percent, you can have a couple and it's not going to kill you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going to be on the floor anytime soon or falling asleep on the couch. 10 o'clock in the morning, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I asked this of all the, the breweries, all the people I speak with, uh, more so recently, when it's safe to get on a plane again. Yeah. Uh, beer vacation you've never been on before that you want to go on. Love to go to San Diego. Um, Love to go to Portland, Oregon. Um, Nashville would be cool. There's a lot of great places that do a lot of great beers. Um, so yeah, I've I've lived in Germany, so that was that was pretty good. I lived in Dresden, which is former East Germany, close to the Czech border. So I love lagers and pilsners. So when we first opened up, we had two lagers, which mm-hmm. is basically unheard of. Yes. Right. So we had a, a our evil, and then we had Black Sunshine was a black lager that was aged on oak chips that we haven't done in a couple of years, but we're going to bring back this fall. Um, I loved it, um, but yeah, people just didn't get it. We're <laughs> we were a little too far ahead of our time for our own good in a lot of ways because I did spend so much time traveling in the mm-hmm. U.S. and can see different styles and and things working, and um, you know the palates maybe not ready for it at the time, but yeah. Like I, yeah, I'm a craft beer drinker mostly, uh, but there's something about a lager that I always mm-hmm. say like, if I can if I could taste a good lager, your likelihood of all your beers being good are because the lager is just a royal pain in the butt to brew. It's yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge, especially a super light one. You got nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, this was the first beer you ever personally brewed, or? Uh, well, aside from the ones that were in the bathtub type of yeah. things. Uh, yeah, I think this is our first all-grain. So when I came back uh, from Germany, hooked up with a friend, we started doing uh, stuff at the Brew Your Owns. But the first time we got our all-grain kit, the first beer we did was this. We actually used cornflakes. Because um, back in Prohibition days, they used uh, corn. Yeah to sort of lighten it up because mm-hmm. the, the two row was a little bit darker than Germany. So they use corn to lighten it up. So we use corn flakes. <laughs> now I use flaked maize now, uh, but only a limited amount just to give it a little bit of extra. Yeah, I, I think it's called Landshark in the States and they're like, yeah, we're a corn lager. 
Like they yeah. tell you what they are up front, yep. and you can taste it. Yeah, absolutely. It's oh, super yeah. light. It's super crushable. Yeah. It's it's more it's more macro now. Yeah. Because uh, I think they got bought out by one of the big three. Oh, okay. But it's still like. I don't know if it, they got bought out by the big three like Mill Street did, where right. it's still Mill Street's kind of Mill Street in the end. Wow. Uh, for another year. Uh, at least so. at the brewery from when I was there <laughs> at, for a friend's wedding after the, but that was maybe just right after the buyout. Yeah. So I, I was think up, they had a two year contract or yeah. something like that. I was out here for, for a wedding and they have an upper upstairs part in the Ottawa yep. region. Yeah, it's And the guy got building. to tap his own keg for, for his wedding. And I'm like, man, hmm. if I ever meet somebody and get married, it's here. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah, unless, you know, I could convince one of my brewery friends back in Montreal to let me borrow their brewery for <laughs> my reception. Oh, well, so we've done different things. So we, we've done receptions here for weddings. Uh, we've actually brewed beers for different okay. events. Um, a couple of our customers, and if I see it, yeah. So this one was for... Uh, Toss the bouquet, rose yeah, hips, yeah. and hibiscus paling. Couple of our uh, local girls got married uh, about six months ago. Cool. And uh, yeah, that was their wish. They wanted to do a hibiscus, rosemary and hibiscus. Was that what it was? But yeah, it was really tasty. And awesome. uh, all, their, all their people came out and loved it. So, Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Now you mentioned your first ever beer was kind of your bathtub beer. Did you ever mm. name it or was it just like, let's no. get, just get drunk? No, let's just get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're eight, you know, when you're eight, well, 19 in Ontario, yeah. uh, 21 in the U S but you know, when you're that age, it's like, let's just get drunk. Who cares what it's made? So, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And they'd always say, okay, you use this much sugar and I'd always double that. So you can get more alcohol out of it. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, what's the last beer I'm going to be trying? So the last one uh, was originally called Agent Orange, is now called Atomic Orange. Uh, this one we just recently put into the LCBO as well. So this is a very close to double IPA, but it's, it's super malty, really orangey flavor. We use Summit Hops uh, and Orange Zest to uh, really amp up the orangeness to it. But it's nice and malty. It's got about 80 IBUs, so it's it has a lot of bitterness to it, but because of the malt balance, it doesn't really taste like a super clean bitter beer. Get a lot of orange in the first sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of orange to this. Mm. So it's 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 quite popular. It's like boozy orange juice. Pretty much, yeah. I get a, I get like after the third fourth sip, I get a little bit of maltiness on the back end of my tongue, yep. but yep. it's very. And this is a double IPA, so seven ish percent. Seven percent, yeah. Still, I mean, for seven percent, yeah, I can drink a couple of these. Right, right. It's it's still like, if I'm together with the guys and we could share these beers, like do our own tasting, then yep. yeah, I think a couple of guys would like this. But I have a couple of friends who their palates are just weird to me and my video guy because we're like IPAs are awesome, these are awesome. Oh man, and we have IPAs. one friend who hates IPAs except, unless they're lactose IPAs. And we're like, oh really? Why? No, no, no. Um, yeah, we did a series called Jolly Pop which is our milkshake, milkshake IPAs with a couple of different fruits mm-hmm. in them. Uh, we did a mango and a, was it a pink guava, then a boysenberry and whatever. But uh, yeah, so those are good. But the lactose sometimes starts getting to me after a while. It's just sort of a little bit heavy because it doesn't ferment out, right? Yeah, so it yeah. just sort of sits there. I, I really appreciate clean things for the most part. Again, I love Nipahs. I'm a huge IPA guy. Yeah. I'd say at least half of the beers we made last year were IPAs. <laughs> we just sort of, oh, well, we should mix in something else now. <laughs> it, it is the current like style that everybody's going. Well, I mean, you can do so much with it. Yeah. You just really can. And uh, it, it does make a more drinkable beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've had tremendous success with some of our you know, chocolatey beers, like that Choxicle one. Or we did another one at Easter called the uh, Easter Cream Ale 
which is basically a Cadbury's. replica of the, the Cadbury cream egg, even though the logo or the label looked exactly yeah. like it. And that one sold out in two hours. The, the Easter cream one sold out in 15 minutes and uh, are amazingly popular. But again, I, I can't drink a lot of it because it's sweet. Mm -hmm. And so it just sort of sits there. Whereas you get an IPA, it cleans itself up. It's got that bitterness that really makes you want to go back for another gulp. Um, so that's why I dig on IPAs. Awesome. Uh, and when we first came in, I said your your palates and your choice of mini mason jars. Where mm. what the palates are very creative, uh, very original. I yeah. find from yeah. what I've seen, you know, I, most of your palates are like the the typical four handle thing. Right. What made you uh, pick this? Yeah. So the little uh, flight caddy here is mm -hmm. uh, it. Well, obviously it fits our little mason jars quite well, but uh, this is my old fence. Uh, one side of the fence. We're waiting for the other side to fall down, <laughs> and then we're gonna sort of wrap the other fridge over here, but all the way around, this is my old fence. We, we tore it down and put it up. Um, looks kind of nice. Everybody uses barn board because that's the cool thing to do if you're a craft brewery. Yeah. This is my old fence. So it actually has a part of me in it, and this is all my old fence too. We, uh, we put our little growler cards in here when it's not COVID time, yeah. so people can actually read about what they're drinking and see it instead of just being a little X beside something or just guessing as to what the hell you're drinking. Um, so it, it adds something and it allows people to say, okay, I like this one take it up to the front and give me six of those or whatever, mm -hmm. and two of these. So it's, it's, it's good that way. Um, we use mason jars. I always drank out of mason jars. So when I started the brewery, we were like, all right, we're gonna have mason jars. And they actually bounce off the floor pretty well, <laughs> which is great having an all concrete floor. Um, so they're pretty durable. Now we've moved into other sorts of glasses now too that we were able to sort of expand and do 20 ounce glasses and things like that. But uh, yeah, when we first opened, we were only allowed to do lights and 12 ounce mm -hmm. sort of pours and things like that so awesome yeah no and then all the the tables and things like that in here are made of old pallets uh chunks of old pallets we've made pretty much everything here um yeah it's all like homegrown when yeah a lot of say. diy stuff yeah. yeah yeah uh so i asked this uh, of pretty much everybody after everybody's come here and consumed your beers and bought everything that's in the fridge uh when they can any uh, friends in the area or further out within a reasonable driving distance if you have your responsible driver, obviously, <laughs> uh, any friends you recommend to try? Uh, yeah, so here in Bellas Corners, we actually have three breweries now. Uh, Conspiracy Theories about to get up and running. Uh, so I'd recommend to go pop by and mm -hmm. say hi. Uh, Kitchen Sippies down at the other end of Bell's Corners, they do uh, some really, really clean sort of German styles and have started getting into a few other things. They're great guys too. Uh, we always love going to see Stray Dog, Beyond the Pale, um, who else we go see? So we have limited amount of time, but yes. <laughs> you know those are some of the guys that we go see. Well, as many as we can. We've been to Waller quite a few times for their birthday parties and stuff like that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of great breweries in town for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know Ottawa and Toronto right now in the Ontario region are just beyond anything I, I'd ever thought I'd see. Uh, just trying to set up like people that we want to interview. I did a list of Quebec and Ontario and. Yeah. I'm just like Toronto, 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 Etobicoke. And I'm like, well, that's pretty much Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. yeah. And it's like 60 something breweries. In They've Toronto. blown up in the last two years. Like, it's been insane. Like, I think the rent on those places yeah. was really the sort of uh, thing that a lot of people had to get over. Um, there's probably a lot of brewers that were like, oh, I want to start a brewery, but I don't have enough money to <laughs> get this going. Now that there's so many breweries going, they probably were able to, able to get investors a little bit easier, mm -hmm. right? So, well, I know like Lewis Cipher, it looks like you're like in a church almost yeah, in Toronto. Yeah. It's, I'm like, how did you guys afford this place? Right, so. right, right. <laughs> Somebody's got pockets. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, so what's next for the Whippersnapper brand? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, well, 
we said we're doing better this year. We're, our goal this year is to do better, everything better. Um, so we're trying to do social media better. We're trying to do our brewing better. Uh, we're just trying to get a little bit better and trying to survive the whole pandemic too, yes. right? Yes. Uh, we're continuing our unfiltered series. So we, we're having great fun with that. People are loving it. The Choxicle release, our fire starters. We got another fire starter coming out soon. Um, our back to schools are coming. I harvest my home harvest IPAs, so I grow hops on the side of my house. So that's coming up next. And yeah, that's we're pretty much just trying to evolve and, and sort of get us going again here. Yeah, focus on the front of house has always been the focus on the front of house, wanting to do that, but it's been a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see uh, how it sort of goes as winter approaches. Um, I mean, a lot of us were like, 2020 is going to be our year. Yeah. Whoever decided against that is yeah. kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we're we're trying to be happy with what we've gotten and just do a nice slow grow. When we first started, we were trying to be super aggressive and trying to pump things out. And it was, we were just running before we could walk. Mm -hmm. And so we've taken a big step back. Last year, we wanted to say, okay, let's, let's bring it all back here. Uh, instead of trying to run around and be the cool guys everywhere, let's just bring it back here and have a good time with it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got nothing else for you today, so let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find us online at uh, whippersnapperbrewingco.com. If you're in the Ottawa area, we will deliver to you for free three days a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday now. Um, we're in Bell's Corners. Come see us. LCBO, we've got our Atomic Orange. Um, beer store, we've got Evil and I think it's a Nookshook. And then in some grocery stores, we've got our Atomic Orange too and a few other things. So, But uh, come see us. Order online. <laughs> uh, social media? Yeah, Whippersnapper Brew uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And then Whipper Snapper Brewing Co. on Facebook. Awesome. So that's all going to be in the show notes. Uh, as for us, you can find us at All Beer Inside everywhere. AllBeerInside.com is the website. And as I say at the end of every episode, drink craft, not crap.